Well, hello and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you are all having a blessed, wonderful day. Hope you guys had a safe weekend. I know a lot of people descended on Tampa over the weekend for the Super Bowl game to watch the rigged NFL, which everybody asked me for last week. Oh, who do you think is going to win down there? I said, dude, it's a 100% chance Tom Brady is going to win with the Bucks. I said they've dumped too much money into him, and they've got too much money in, out, in Tampa outstanding to lose that spread. And for some odd reason, Tom Brady has favor with these banker boys. Now, not to the point that he's still not an incredibly good athlete. Very good, especially for his age now. Um, but we knew they were pretty much going to win. But the irony of what I saw a lot of yesterday, besides the whole Illuminati, Antichrist, halftime thing. That was a whole bizarre another topic. But how much flack Florida has taken on social media because everybody down here in Florida, pretty much for the most part now, everybody's realized nobody's participating in the pandemic anymore. They can keep spewing their rhetoric and their complete and total non-scientific-based arrogant speech about, oh, all these individuals are dying and you guys are being so horrific down there in Florida. I'm telling you right now, you talk to anybody in the medical community down here in Florida that's actually awake, there is not a serious pandemic. Now, is there people still getting sick? Yeah, we have between 180,000 to 200,000 people die every year in the state of Florida via various causes. Yet last night, nobody was wearing masks. Tom Brady has been absolutely hammered in the media because he refused to wear a mask. He wouldn't wear a mask going in, wouldn't wear a mask going out, wouldn't wear a mask the entire game. Said, absolutely not, I'm not going to wear a mask. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm Tom Brady, I guess. You guys are not going to make me wear a mask. What, what are we going to do? Tell me I can't come in and play? So it was. it's funny to see some of the stuff that's occurred over that. But ironically, even though we have seen this whole entire push for the vaccine run, another data dump from the VAERS, the V-A-E-R-S, from the CDC, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, has now tallied a total of 14,405 basically adverse events from the RNA vaccine so far in the last month and a half. And as on the record from the CDC, they have already had 501 direct deaths related to the vaccine. Now, it's very easy to do the math and see that these numbers are very, very undercounted. As I've told you before, I've had repeated physicians now all across the country tell me, especially in nursing homes and other places, that they have a 20-minute window to monitor the individual. After the 20-minute window, there's pretty much very little response or recording on any type of adverse event. Now, some of them still have been doing so, but a lot of individuals that have died – they're getting the shot and like almost immediately starting to have serious, serious health problems. Over in Spain now, everybody's starting to get very frustrated because in Spain, they have had nine residences in Spain die in 10 days right after receiving the Pfizer COVID injection device. And most of them were basically very, very short time after receiving the vaccine, just like I told you with our doctor physician out there in Kansas City, Missouri, he said anywhere from 24 to 48 hours, pretty much from when they get the shot, they start having side effects to when they they die. So what's ironic to me about this is everybody wants to still run around saying that masks work when there's been zero literature showing so. They want to say that lockdowns work when there's been zero scientific literature showing so. They want to say the only way to fix 
the pandemic, the alleged pandemic, is to get your shot and get herd immunity. Yet how many people are we going to see die or have serious adverse events? I mean, even here, right here in the article where it's discussing it, out of the list on it, they had 2,400 that had to go to the ER, and of those, 1,006 of those had to be hospitalized for an extended period of time directly from the vaccine. As we said before, generally most vaccine um cases as far as adverse events, they say they're massively underreported, generally about 1% to 2%. Now, they've said because this is being monitored, it's probably somewhere between 5 to 10%, which still means that we've probably had roughly hundred to 150,000 adverse events in the country at minimum and at least 5,000 deaths related to this vaccine if you look at the real reported numbers. So just thought I would mention that for all the people that are hating on Florida right now about how bad we're acting because Florida just decided not to participate in a pandemic and uh, we're done with it. And so again, I encourage everybody, do your own research with this. I'm not saying the virus isn't real, but what I am saying is live your life and enjoy your life and don't be told to be scared of the boogeyman because remember, there's always a new boogeyman in this country every couple of years, whether it's the big bad terrorist in the Middle East or whether it's a virus or whether it's whatever they want to make it to be. COVID is the new boogeyman that they have now. And as we have seen, until we start standing up and saying no, they're not going to calm down on any of these restrictions. They're going to continue to get more and more and more aggressive with them every single month until the mass majority of the United States populace says, no, we're not going to participate, just like we've done down here in Florida, Dad. What do you think about that? Well, you know, it's like I told you guys on Friday. I mean, we, we don't have to participate if we don't want to. We don't have to be scared if we don't want to. You know, a lot of men and women, their marriages are on the rocks right now because of this. You say, well, why are they on the rocks? Well, because people are under stress. People don't know what to do. People are being angry. They're going to work angry. They're coming back angry. They're they're mad they've got to wear a mask. They're mad they've been laid off. They're mad they've got a job they don't want to have. They're just mad. And so this is the point of what they did. They did this on purpose to create massive, massive anger and confusion. They really did. I mean, people get stuck at home together. Well, let me find out real quick that they don't have much of a communication skill set with their wife or their spouse or their children. They try to talk to their wife and their spouse and their children when they've been stuck at home together for two months, and they go, I don't really know you. I mean, you you know, you got some really weird ideas. I mean, what's wrong with you? And wives have stopped supporting husbands, and husbands have stopped supporting wives, and divorce rates are through the roof, and suicides are through the roof, and this is exactly what they wanted to do. It's planned. Yeah, it's interesting. On Friday, I, I, we did a show. And I, and I read you, I read you part of a scripture and I want to read this to you again. It's Matthew 6, 9 through 13. And it's the Lord's Prayer. And remember, I told you when God came and He sent Jesus, He came to basically save us from the evil one, to save us from Satan, to save us from this group of people that are running the planet, the Kabbalists, the Luciferians, the witches, the warlocks, the weirdos who run everything. And, and here's what God said and here's what Jesus said, who, who's part of the Triune Godhead. Verse 9, then this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. Now think about that for a second. That's who's doing all of this. So if you've got a problem right now in your marriage... 
kind of talking to you guys and ministering to you this morning because I've been getting a lot of feedback from a lot of people. If you've got a problem in your marriage right now, it's not your spouse's fault. It's not your, it's not your wife's fault. I mean, we've got a group of people out here that are intentionally creating as much negative energy as they possibly can. And it's really important that you understand that. They're trying their best to destroy Christianity. They're trying their best to destroy your marriage. I'm listening, I'm talking to you right now, friends. You, you guys, I, I haven't had a chance yet to pray for you guys this morning, but they're trying to destroy that. They're doing everything they possibly can to go after Christian families, Christian homes, Christian children, Christian marriages. Why? Because it's the evil one. It's Lucifer, who John called, who Jesus called out in the book of John, who are the, who's the father of these people that are doing this. This battle is not against flesh and blood. So what we have to do is this. When you want to say something to your wife or you want to say something to your husband or you want to say something to your kids or whatever, it ain't really what you should say. You gotta ask yourself a question. What's gonna be the outcome of this? And is it gonna be any good? Is it gonna help my marriage or hurt it? Now I'm, I'm being kinda of like a marriage counselor this morning with you guys. It's kind of important to me to talk to you like this. You gotta realize that you don't need to cause problems. And if your husband says something, or your wife says something about certain things and, you know, and you don't 100% agree with it, just let it go. Let it go. If it's not going to affect you 10 years or 5 years or 20 years down the road, just let it go. Don't start a fight. Remember what happened in Genesis chapter 6. Every thought of every man was evil all of the time. And God looked down. He was very displeased with what had happened to the population of the planet. says, you know, this is this basically, to paraphrase, this is awful. He started it over again. And then Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, which is Genesis chapter 6, so shall it be upon the return of the Son of Man. In other words, they're doing everything they possibly can. They're doing it with 5G. They're doing it with the negative news. Heck, Tom Brady, i got to give the boy credit. He's, in his, he's 43 years old. He's a phenomenal athlete, getting paid $50 million, I guess I think it was, for two years at Tampa Bay. He said he's coming back next year. He'll probably win another Super Bowl. But what's interesting about him is this. His wife's a witch. Yeah. And she says she sets up a little altar for him at the stadium before he plays. Yeah, it's basically it's all out of Kabbalah. And she also claims to have been a Catholic when she was younger. And, and she basically has been exposed, I guess, to a lot of this weird stuff. And she has embraced it. You think, well, Ghislaine Bunchen's a witch? Well, yeah, she is, actually. So maybe that's why the Kabbalists wanted Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl, because it would promote his wife being a witch and him being, you know, part of her little team in which she puts these little spells out and all the other things that she's involved in. And let me share something with you. A lot of people who are in the Catholicism, especially the ones that come out of Europe, they're into weird stuff. I mean, weird stuff. And a lot of it could be considered witchcraft. You think, well, why is that? I don't know. I think a lot of the culture with the gypsies and all the things that were going on in Europe they call them Sigoyna in Germany, the gypsies. I think it may ended up permeating the culture over there. People are very superstitious in many parts of Europe, and she's, of course, from Europe. I remember my brother, Carl. He married this woman who was older than him. He probably should have thought through all that. She was like 20 years older than him, and she ended up basically being involved with basically the gypsies, and he married her. He was very young. He was like 22, and she's like 42. 
And what ended up happening is she was involved in all kinds of occult weird stuff. You know, I'm getting kind of personal with my own family life now. This is my brother Carl. And I remember one time my mom was talking to me, and my mom was very upset because Carl was really upset. And then I said to mom, I said, what's going on? What's going on with Carl? And his wife's name was Anne. And she goes, her real name was Annalisa. She said, Annalisa is in Verbindung mit ihrer Tote Vater for the Lesten Drei Tage, which and I'm going to give you guys what that means right now. She goes, Annalena, Anne, has been in a trance, basically in a uh, satanic mind meld with her dead father for the past three days. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I looked at her and I said, that's some spooky stuff. That's messed up. Mom goes, yeah, I don't know what to do. Carl's, my brother's all messed up from this. And his life has gone very badly. It has. And I love my brother. But he's, he's got a bad life. He's had a horrible life. He turned into an alcoholic. And the sad part about all of this stuff is there's a lot more of that stuff that comes out of Europe and comes out of different parts of the Orient and comes out of different parts of the world that we're not aware of. A lot of the Middle Eastern stuff is steeped in Kabbalah and steeped in weird stuff. And guys, be careful on who you listen to. Be careful on what you get involved with because this stuff will negatively affect you, your life, your marriage, your relationships, and everything. Right now, as Christians, we have to pull together. We have to support one another. We've got to encourage one another. We've got to lift each other up. We've got to tell each other, hey, I love you, and I appreciate you, and I'm here for you. That's what we got to tell each other. This is not the time to try to micromanage and put each other down. This is not that time. Take yourself out of that loop and out of that mindset and support each other, uplift each other, and pray for one another every single day like I pray for you guys. Why do we have to do that? Because this time is short, and this time is extremely evil. I got a text this morning from a good friend of mine who basically read that Time article, which I'm going to run over with you real quick in a second. And he basically is awake. And he didn't realize what was going on until about three or four months ago. I started talking to him. He's a friend of a friend, a friend of a really good friend, a pastor friend of mine. And I told him, I said, who's running the planet, how they're doing it. And he goes, Ted, they're not even trying to hide it anymore. So what's he talking about? Time magazine came out with an article and it said, quote, well-funded cabal of powerful people save democracy. They were not rigging the election. They were fortifying it. Democracy is not self-executing. They're that blatant now. They're that much in control. They can write an own article promoting each other and patting each other on the back. Time magazine has published a lengthy article lauding an extraordinary shadow effort of a conglomeration of entities working together to ensure that the November election will be free and clear, credible, and uncorrupted. Time refers to this effort as a well-funded cabal of powerful people ranging across industries and ideologies working together behind the scenes to influence perceptions, change rules and laws, steer media coverage, and control the flow of information. They were not rigging the election. They were fortifying it. So they're coming right out and telling you that they completely and totally changed the election because they wanted the outcome they wanted to have. Now, here's the thing. Here's the outcome that they want to have. The international banking cartels run all of this because without money, it's not possible to control all these different corporations. When you find out that somebody has become a billionaire, and I'm telling you this very bluntly, 
It's because some bank somewhere funded them in order to expand their operations to a point where they either sold the company for billions of dollars or they basically were bought out by a bank by other people for billions of dollars. But somebody pushed them to that level. They were given permission. They were given the nod to do this. Okay, well, that can't always – well, no, it's, it's probably true in 99% of the cases. You may have somebody who becomes a billionaire without that nod, but guys, it takes a lot of capital and a lot of expansion and a lot of infrastructure to make a billion dollars. Just to let you guys know that. It really does. And so what ends up happening is this cabal of international bankers are the same ones who control the $1.5 trillion of Afghan heroin every single year that comes out of Afghanistan on our C-130 transport planes to a 1,000 lily pad bases which go through no customs declaration all over the world, which are then distributed to organized crime, which then have the money funneled into these big accounts with these big banks to launder it. The same group is the international crime cartels along with the international banking cartels who control the crime cartels. You've got the Italian mafia, the Russian mafia, the Chinese mafia, the Irish mafia, the Jewish mafia. All of these different mafioso crime families work together with organized banking systems in order to make the money, how should I say, usable. Otherwise, you end up in a situation like you did with Tom Cruise in that movie American Made, where you're burying cash in the backyard, burying cash in the vault, burying cash in the dirt, burying the cash in suitcases in the backyard. You don't know what to do with all the money coming in. That's the situation that happens if you're not involved with the international banking cartels running the cash back through. Now what they want to do, this international cabal of cabalists, Luciferians, who hired Jeffrey Epstein to blackmail our politicians to get what they want, by raping young children, this international cabal of satanic worshippers is what they are. They're running the planet, you know, with their child trafficking, which is extremely profitable according to their own books and research, and they're running the world through organized crime and through drugs. This is the group that runs the planet, and now they're writing in Time magazine that they did this, that they're the ones, not listing their names, but that this international group of very successful people have decided that they were just working to let Donald Trump go back into office. Why would they do that? If Donald Trump was doing their bidding, why would they destroy him the way that they did? Because I told you guys this several months ago, they wanted to make nationalism a caricature. They wanted to destroy the very image of a patriotic American wrapped in a flag carrying a gun, whether it be a pistol or a rifle or a Oh, an assault rifle, ooh, whatever that means. You know, that's, that's the problem. They, they don't understand. You know, anything can be an assault object. You can pick up a baseball bat and pound somebody with it or a knife. Heck, you can use a fork. Heck, you can use an ice pick. Shoot. If you watch that movie Riddick, you can use a teacup. <laughs> you guys remember the movie Riddick when he used a teacup? I mean, you can do anything you want to assault somebody with, but they make it so they don't have to worry about you showing up able to defend yourself. And this is where we are. This is how we found ourselves being run by an international cabal of evil people. The Bible says, deliver us from the evil one. That's what happens. You get saved. You're separated. You're no longer subject to their whims and tossings. And they may kill you physically in the body. They may do that. But they can't torment you in hell. You go straight to heaven when you die. We're not of this planet, guys. You've got to get that. You know, We're just kind of passing through when we accept Jesus. We have a group of international people, Kabbalists, Luciferians, who through the Balfour Declaration set up their fiefdom in order to allow themselves to have a Supreme Court to run the entire planet through Noahide laws. This is 
who runs the planet through the international banks. And so when I see this article and my friend contacted me this morning, I thought, deliver us from the evil one. We've got to pray. We've got to support one another. And we've got to do what we need to do to try to fix this to the best we can. And the only way we're going to do it is to pray. I'm telling you guys, you got to pray. Now, does that mean you can't defend yourself? Absolutely no. You've got to, you've got to defend yourself. If someone comes to your house in the middle of the night to rub, come rob, kill, steal, and destroy, especially if you live in Florida, we've got you stand your ground laws. Now, we've got a black congressman. I'm not picking on him because he's black, but I'm just saying he's a black congressman out of Miami who's now trying to repeal the stand your ground laws here in Florida. Why would he do that? He said it adversely affects black people. Why is that? Because 90% of the jails are black people because they've attacked people with guns and knives, etc. And he's saying that too many black people are getting shot now because of stand your ground laws. I can't even make this junk up because they, they want to come rob, steal, and destroy, and they get shot. Now you, now you say, well, it's not just the blacks. No, no, it's not. White people do it too. Hispanic people do it. Chinese people do it. All the different people do bad things. I'm not going to pick on blacks because I've got a lot of black folks who listen to the show. I've got a lot of my friends who are black and white and Hispanic and all over this spectrum. Say, well, that sounds racist. You said you've got Hispanic and black friends and white friends. Well, how am I supposed to describe them? Well, they're just friends. What do you mean? They're males and girls and boys and girls? No, they're not. They're hermaphroditic. There's no such thing as boys and girls. That's where all of that comes from. That's where all of it comes from is from the evil one. When they want to correct you with everything that you say. Guys, I've told you this before. If I was black, I'd be proud I was black. If I was Hispanic, I'd be proud I was Hispanic. I mean, God doesn't make junk. He makes people in his own image. You know, if, if I was Chinese, I'd be proud I was Chinese. I mean, if I'm, if I'm white, I'm, I'm proud I'm white, and I am. So we can't allow these guys to try to rewrite our history and rewrite how we feel about each other and ourselves. That's what they're doing. It's an all-out war on white people. Because why? Because we are the Christians primarily, not all of us, but, you know, a lot of us. And I'm not saying that blacks can't be Christians. Don't start that mess with me. And Hispanics can't be Christians and Chinese can't be Christians. I know they are. But the white Christian Protestant work ethic is what built the United States primarily, and they know that. And they know that we are the ones that stand firm. And they've already destroyed us with the Schofield Bible as far as the evangelicals. The Baptists are done. They're all about everything Israel. They won't even look at what happened with the Schofield Bible and what the Israelis are doing to the Palestinians and on and on and on. They won't even look at that. Now, I had a friend of mine years ago, she wrote for one of the major alternative news sites. And I said, so I said, you're telling me that if Israel starts World War III, we know they do, and they destroy, they kill 7 billion people on the planet and turn us into an unbelievable nightmares place to live. And, you know, everybody's killing each other, what's left, it's a nightmare, it all goes to hell. That you're going to still support them? She says, absolutely, yes, they're Israel, I support them, I don't care what they do. And I'm like, whoa, we got to stop here, we got to think through this. Guys, here's the problem we've got. Unless we talk about what's really going on, unless we really talk about the narrative, if we really don't, if we really don't talk about the fact that they want an international one world government controlled through the United Nations, controlled through a Supreme Court of Israel, using Noahide laws, using a one world currency, a digital currency, and having a one world religion, basically Kabbalah, worshiping Lucifer from the Zohar, if we don't realize this is what they want because they control the money supply, that we're deceiving ourselves. We are. We were really deceiving ourselves, and we can't allow ourselves to be deceived. You know, we're born of a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. We become a Christian. We've also given tremendous amounts of discernment. 
and the ability to see the difference between good and evil. Look at what's going on and be careful with your family units right now. It's so important to understand that this battle is not against flesh and blood. Husbands, keep your mouth shut and don't argue with your wife right now. Women, keep your mouth shut and don't argue with your husbands. You guys have got to support each other right now. This is really important. It's not worth losing marriages like we are all over the country and people committing suicide all over the country because everybody's mad and they don't know who to focus their anger at. We've got to keep our hearts and our minds on Jesus Christ. What we did as Christians, I didn't do it, but most a lot of Christians did, is we took our hearts and our minds and our eyes off the cross. We did what Peter did when he was walking on the water. He was looking at Jesus and he was walking on water going to God. And he took his eyes off of Jesus and he looked at the winds and the sea and he started to sink. And God saved him. Jesus saved him. We took our hearts and our minds and our eyes off of Jesus as Christians and we put them on Donald Trump as a savior who was put into position of power basically as a chaos agent to basically change things and mess things up and cause a massive, massive discontent with the right to try to cause a massive civil war against nationalists to point out white people. They did it on purpose. They played us, guys, because we took our hearts and our minds and our eyes and our focus off of Jesus and put them on Trump as, quote, unquote, our savior. He's not our savior, guys. Jesus is. He is the author. He is the finisher. He is the perfecter of our faith. We've got to do that. We've got to pray every day. We've got to pray like the entire world depends on you praying. And husbands, ladies, if you're not married, if you're the alpha female, if you're the alpha male, it's your responsibility to take authority over this. And don't be nitpicking each other. Leave each other alone right now. We don't need to go ahead and fall into their one world order, into their trying to destroy everybody's and everybody's families. It's happening everywhere, guys. People aren't going to church anymore. People aren't doing praise and worship anymore. People aren't listening to praise and worship music. People aren't praying. Guys, it's not your pastor's responsibility to teach you what the word of God says. Husbands, if you're a family man, you've got children and a wife, it's your responsibility. Ladies, if you're in charge of your family and you don't have a husband, it's your responsibility. It's all of our responsibilities to continue to think about Christ first in our lives and not allow this new world order with all of the weird stuff to do this. And Austin's right. They slammed Florida last time. Florida's this and Florida's that and Florida's this. Oh, now, now we're, we're here at a hotel right now visiting a friend of ours over in Clearwater. And our hotel didn't say one word to us last night about wearing a mask. We walked in, no mask, walked around, no mask, went to breakfast, no mask. Nobody said a word, not a single solitary word. Because in Florida, you can't be fined anymore for not wearing a mask. And they learned very quickly, and a lot of these hotels did, that if you run off your customers, they don't come back. And then they slam you on social media, so there's no reason to do it. Guys, all of us need to stand firm in our faith and not wear a mask. And I've said this before. If you have to wear a mask, try to wear a shield. If you try to, if you, it's because of your job, because you have no choice. Try to wear a shield. Last night we had dinner. The guys, they told me he had to wear a mask. He's wearing a shield. And I looked at him. I said, thank you for not wearing a mask. He goes, I can't breathe on him. This last night we got in the elevator. 
was this big black guy. He was real nice. And we were talking to him. And why did he have to say he's black? Because he was black. Okay, just leave me alone. Don't be picking at me. See, that's what I'm talking about. Right there. That's what I'm talking about. Why do you have to say he was black? It doesn't matter if he's black, white, pink, blue, or purple. It doesn't matter. If somebody uses a metaphor or uses an adjective to describe somebody, it's okay. It's, there's nothing wrong with it. I met this China guy last night. Okay. I met a Russian last night. Okay. I met there's a German guy in the restaurant. Okay. I talked to him, too. What's, who cares? Stop it. But I looked at the big black guy, and I said to him, I said, dude, thank you for not wearing a mask. And he goes, he goes I'm over it. And I looked at him, I said, I'm over it, too. He goes, well, I was, I, I'm just really happy that I'm not the only person here without a mask on. That's the attitude we've got to have. Don't let them dictate to you what you can and can't believe. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to force you into a one-world order, one-world government, one-world religion. And that mask, as always, has been a sign of submission. That's all it is. It doesn't do anything to prevent COVID. Austin, what do you think? Well, no, it's, it's funny you say that because we have a real good customer and she's friends with a uh, couple, and she called us up last week, and Steve was talking to her, and I was in the other room, and I was kind of hearing some of the stuff they were saying. He got off the phone. He was telling me. He said, you know, our customer's really, really awake, buys a bunch of product from us, supports us a lot, doesn't wear a mask, whole whole shebang. And she said they've had a couple that they've been really close friends with, but the relationship is kind of, you know, gone sideways last year because they're like super 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 terrified of this i mean everywhere they go they wear masks in the car they wear masks i mean like full-blown covidian cult and that that's the terminology that i've used already and i've told people this this is what it's turned into it's turned into a covid covid cult it is this is what it is we have these covid cult followers now and she said they wear a mask everywhere. They're like, they're, they're full blown strapped up everywhere they go. Even if they go hang out with them, they're like, well, you guys need to be wearing a mask. They said, we're not going to wear a mask. If you want to wear one, wear one. So they really haven't hung out with them much. Well, now all of a sudden they just found out last week that both of the, both the couple got COVID. They both tested positive for COVID now and they are so confused. And so bewildered, they cannot understand how they got COVID because they wear a mask everywhere they go. They cannot figure it out. And the customer told us, she goes, I've tried to tell them this for months. She goes, there is no protection as far as from protecting yourself from a virus with a mask. The only thing the mask does, if you're really sick and you're coughing and hacking and sneezing everywhere, it's going to prevent a lot of from that aerosol spray from your mouth and from your nose from coughing and hacking from going out into the open. But as far as walking through with a mask and if there being a viral exposure, it's not going to stop it at all. They've already done numerous research studies on this even before COVID, even with the flu. Like, again, if you're really sick and you're coughing and hacking, you have to go somewhere and you have no choice, then it's probably, can, you know, it's probably respectful that you put a type of mask on. But quite frankly, I've told everybody before, with now's day and age, if you're sick, you really don't need to go anywhere. You don't have to go anywhere. You can order food right to your house. You can get deliveries, pretty much anything to your house from online stores. It's not, it's not an issue. It's really easy to stay home if you basically are really sick and you got to take off for a couple of days. One thing that I wanted to bring up as well, and I was talking, one of my buddies came over this weekend and we were having kind of this discussion on this H.R. Bill 127 you guys have already heard about. We've talked about it in detail, and essentially it wants, you know, everybody that owns a firearm has to get a psychological 
analysis. They have to pay a fee of like $800 to insurance every year to keep their gun. They have to take a 24-hour class just to be able to keep their gun. They pretty much ban any and all new firearms that are considered assault weapons. The list goes on. You know, I've told everybody it is crucial right now. You contact your legislators, your representatives, your Senate, your Congress. There is no business. This is a gross violation of the Second Amendment with this bill. But anyways, I was talking to him, and I said, and I said, you're awake, I'm awake. We're both very active as far as in gun training and, and law, lawful gun carry, and a lot of our friends are. We're always constantly training all the time and carrying and trying to be proactive with it. And I said, why is it, though, that there's so many Americans, not only with the mask and with the lockdowns, I said they become so compliant that they pretty much just go, oh, well, you know, if, if this bill goes through, we'll just, you know, we'll just have to deal with it. And he goes, the thing about it is, Austin, he goes, this current generation, he goes, we're, we're American, we're American freedom trust fund babies. And I said, well, that's an interesting concept. He goes, we didn't, we didn't earn any of this freedom. His majority of the individuals that have fought in any wars, even from Vietnam to Gulf War to Afghanistan, he goes, that's all been kept overseas. We never had a direct conflict in the United States in, you know, 160 years now. He said, so there, there is nobody in this current generation that has actually had to fight for true American republic freedom in this country. You know, we had World War II, almost everybody fought, and that's dead. He goes, we had Vietnam, that was complete and total sham, basically, make sure you controlled the drug trade. We had the Gulf War, we have Afghan, this has all been more drug wars. And he said, there's been no direct engagement here in the United States. So all of us here... Even the ones that basically have fought in wars, granted, you know, they're combat veterans. He goes, but we've never actually had to fight for true American freedom. So because we didn't have to earn it, because we never had to work for it, because we've never actually had to maintain it, we're like trust fund kids. We just, oh, that's the freedom we have. We automatically expect to get it. And we're not trying to defend it anymore. We just kind of watch it precipitously go through our hands and go, oh, well, you know, whatever. And it's the same thing you see with kids that are, you know, third, fourth, fifth generation trust fund kids. They start getting to the point where they have millions of dollars in these trust funds. They never have to work. They never have to budget. They never have to grind. They never have to work, you know, as far as with cost of goods sold and run a company. So they end, most of them, majority of them, they end up being completely and totally worthless by third, fourth, fifth generation. They don't even know where the money came from half the time. They're like, oh, I got a trust fund. I get fifty, hundred thousand dollars a month. Dad was talking about that at the dealership he was at one time. The one sales manager goes, Dude, the, the worst people to deal with are basically trust fund babies that are like third and fourth generation because they come in here and they're so overextended and they're so leveraged out, even though they're making so much money, they're unbelievably noxious and rude and difficult to deal with because they've never had to base relationships and build rapports with people. This is what we have in this country now. The United States is just a big trust fund baby with freedom. So whenever people start saying, well, you have to, you have to do this for your protection, everybody just goes, Okay, I'll put a mask on. I'll shut down my business. I won't say a word about it because you know what's best for me. News flash to everybody. The government was never instilled to give us freedom, nor is it there to protect us. The government was there for the sole purpose to maintain basically congruency with the colonies and make sure our freedoms were respected. That's the only reason they put it together. The whole reason why, and people say, you know, isn't it crazy? The, the people in the colonial times, the Revolutionary War, were they just less scared to die? 
than we were. You know, we're all kind of scared. Oh, we're going to wear a mask. Is this and that? They're scared to die. No, it's not that they were any less scared to die. By all means, I think a lot of them, you can read a lot of the ports, they, a lot of the letters and stuff they wrote, they, they knew they were going to lose everything and they were terrified of it, but they knew that the alternative of what they experienced under colonial British law and what they experienced in England was far, far worse than anything death could bring to them. When you live in a culture where anything and everything you do is dictated and controlled, when every single thing you try to work for and build is taxed to an oblivion, when the king can come in and say, you said something about me last week, hang him from the bridge. When anything you have can be stripped from you in the litter matter of seconds and you have no say, no due process, nothing but simply the whims of a government that at any point in time can take everything from you, including your life. At that point in time, your fear of dying becomes my new point because you realize what in the world happens when it escalates to that level. And that's why they were so aggressive and so militant about standing their ground and making sure they enacted and put into place very specific laws and a bill of rights to maintain those freedoms because they knew. So like Benjamin Franklin said, you guys now have a republic. See if you could keep it. And that's the simple point we're at now. And it's been troubling me to see so many people say, well, I don't, I don't want to say anything about that. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get anybody upset. I don't want to get anybody mad at me about this. I don't want to make sure any of these agencies get mad at me. Guys, we're past that point now of saying, oh, well, I want to make sure we're, we're diplomatic about it. We absolutely have to make sure our legislators stand up for what we believe and we continue to push. But it's time now that civil disobedience is becoming a point where we no longer have that option to opt out of it anymore. The shutting down of your businesses, the giving up your gun rights, the putting a muzzle on your face every time you go somewhere, it's become a giant embarrassment of the freedoms and the deaths that our founders put forward to protect us and give us these freedoms it is. It's been an embarrassment. And that's why it's been so irritating to me to see Florida eviscerated month after month. I mean, they did that hit piece of the, that, that store down in Naples. I mean, it was like every single mainstream outlet caught it and regurgitated the exact same thing. This is so troubling to see them down in Naples without a mask on. How dare they go to the store without a mask? Guys, what, where, where, where is the scientific evidence that shows a mask stops anything? There is none. There's zero. I've looked. I've researched. There is none showing a definitive research that directly protects you from viral exposure. None. So when they come up with stupid concepts like Biden and that idiot press secretary he, he has that can't even talk. I mean, can't even form a sentence half times. We'll circle back. I don't know. We'll circle back. I mean, she says it like 500 times now they've counted. When she comes out and says, we already know there's scientific evidence that if we wear a mask for 100 days, 50,000 people will be saved. And I go, okay, where's the evidence on that? Let me see your peer-reviewed journal on that topic. Oh, there's no, there's no, there's no fact-checking on that. You notice how there's been zero fact-checking in this administration? Zero but yet every single time Trump said something, all they did was fact check it. Oh, Trump said it was 1.7. No, it's 1.8. That was completely false what he said. Why? Because the narrative has to go with what they say it is now. They say you have to be scared of the pandemic. They say you have to give up your gun rights for the good of everything. They say we have to basically continue to fall in line and do what we're told. 
My answer is no. No compliance anymore with any of this. There is no reason for anybody to be scared of a virus that has a 99.8% survival rate. Zero reason. And if you basically are having health issues, make sure you're taking extra vitamin C. Make sure you're taking vitamin D. Make sure you're taking high doses of the zinc and the vitamin C with quercetin that we have. Keep your immune system strong. A lot of us down here in Florida have never worn a mask the entire time. We've never socially distanced. We've never shut down our business the entire time. Yet, ironically, somehow we're all still alive down there. How did that happen? I don't know. I guess it wasn't what they told us it was. Newsflash, just like we saw in Florida down here in Tampa last night. Nobody cared about it anymore. They were all partying and having fun, and I'm not condoning a lot of their behavior down there because a lot of them were acting ridiculous, but... Everybody's over down here in Florida. So continue to get the truth out there. Continue to get the freedom. When you start seeing what's happening now with this vaccine in Spain, when you start seeing everything that's happening all over the world with this injection device, and they're continually telling everybody, take it, be a good little slave, shut up, and get injected with it. But we all know that that's really not what's happening right now. It's being done specifically as a device to make your body start producing COVID. Isn't it ironic that we've had the mutant strain of this COVID come out now all of a sudden, almost exact same time that the virus came out or the, the vaccine came out? South Africa now, they've completely discontinued the AstraZeneca uh, vaccine. They said it does not work at all because there's now another mutant strain out there, and it's not working for that. Imagine that, guys. They screwed up again. But remember, the individuals that are head of the boards, these Moderna and Pfizer, they're huge, huge shareholders of these companies. I was looking at the numbers the other day. Some of the top, top shareholders of Moderna, they're holding shares in some cases over a hundred plus million dollars. One of them, I think, is holding shares of eight hundred and ninety million dollars. These guys are going to make billions upon billions upon billions of dollars with this vaccine that they have released now. Billions. And at the same time, you're going to have hundreds of thousands of people all across this country that are going to have the adverse events and end up dying. Some of them end up dying from it. But yet, it doesn't matter. The money's more important. And now you end up having all these types of idiotic statements and not scientifically based comments all come out now and say, well, the vaccine is going to work. We have to have herd immunity now. You can't even prove the vaccine works. You already said this injection device doesn't prevent you from catching it, and it doesn't prevent you from spreading it. So please explain to me how herd immunity is possibly supposed to work when the vaccine allegedly doesn't do either one of these things. Wake up and get this information out there, my friends. We have dozens and dozens of articles we post on the website every day. Forward this show. Forward these articles. It is time in 2021 that America stand up for freedom and stand up for our republic. We do not live in a democracy. We live in a constitutional republic. And the reason why they continue to say this over and over and over again, and they call it a democracy, and they say the democratic process and all this stuff, the reason why they do it is they're trying to push everybody into that ideology of not remembering. But did you ever notice Biden not one time ever referred to us as a republic? Not one single time when he was running. None of his democratic, basically, running mates Anybody, nobody, nobody refers it to that. Why? Because they're fundamentally trying to change the country. They do not want us to have a constitutional republic. And that is the entire reason why they've got so many communists in office now that have to be voted out. What do you think, Dave? Phenomenal analogy and, 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 and discussion, Austin. That was amazing. Uh, and Austin's right. 
let me give you guys, the new listeners, the difference between why we're not a democracy. The United States was founded as a republic. In a republic, you have rights. You have the ability to stand in a court before your peers and be charged with a crime. You have the ability to not discuss it and to plead the Fifth Amendment. You've got the ability to be tried in a court of law and not be hung by the bridge because 51% said you're going to die. Okay, In a democracy, no matter what happens, the 51% can change the rules. They can come in and say, we don't like the Bill of Rights. We don't like the filibuster. We don't like the Second Amendment. We don't like the, any of the amendments. We want to have a country for the people, by the people, with 51% dictating what the other 49% do. That's a democracy. They don't work. Because the 51% can say we're going to hang the 49% and the 49% gets strung up everywhere and they're all dead. Well, then guess what happens? Then that 51%, they start fighting with each other and then, you know, 51% of that 51% says we're going to hang the other 49%. They hang everybody again. What happened in Stalin, Russia? They kept killing, they kept killing 100 million people because they were a quote unquote communist socialist state, democracy. No. It doesn't work that way. It's got unbelievable corruption added to it because at the highest levels, they don't pay by, they pay attention to the rules anyhow. And they just keep killing people so they can get enough votes or enough fake votes in order to get whatever they want. That's where they're taking us. That's why Time Magazine was so blatant about it and told the truth finally. And what we need to get is this, is that in the United States, the Democrats, the communists, let's just be real and tell you what they are, the media prostitutes – they dismiss all of the facts about masks and the real COVID numbers and the lack of efficacy of the COVID vaccines as basically false. They don't want to talk about it. Or like Austin said, the press secretary says, let's check, mumbles about stuff and says, you know, 50,000 people can be saved with absolutely producing no facts. They just lie and say something like that. No double blind clinical study could even prove that. Can't do it. It didn't work. And what ends up happening is they just say it anyhow because they dismiss everything you say that is truthful as baseless. But they themselves endorse Antifa, Black Lives Matter, the 1619 conspiracy theory stuff, the Russiagate theory, white supremacist illusion insurrection conspiracy theory, and every other conspiracy theory that serves their agendas with no facts. You know, they, the Democratic supporters marched through D.C. this past week. They threaten people with violence. They said they're, they're going to burn everything down, but they're not arrested. And why aren't the Democrats being impeached for encouraging the violence of these Antifa marches that you see this past week? The Democrats actually endorsed Antifa and BMM violence all of last year, but nobody talked about it, and nobody said, why are you doing this? And if you do, you're a white racist. Well, the Black Lives Matter people and Antifa are, are robbing, killing, killing, and destroying and walking up to people while they're having lunch and dinner and taking their food away from them and basically beating them up if they say anything, but that's okay. You know, unbelievable. The Hill and the entirety of the U.S. media dismiss statements of facts as baseless, but they continue to endorse all of the Antifa and BLM conspiracy theories by white people. The Biden regime's revolution against American freedom is unfolding in front of our eyes. And it's not just Biden, it's the communists that are doing this. And guess who funded the communist revolution in Russia and in China. That was the Rothschild banking cartel. Democrats say Trump can't mention election fraud at trial if he goes for his impeachment. Why? Well, because they don't want him talking about what really happened. The Democrats' illegitimate trial of 
you know, President Trump is so unconstitutional, so illegal, that it's, it's even too much for Harvard's left-wing law professor, Dershowitz, who's against them doing this, to even deal with. You know, and in Time Magazine, as I mentioned earlier, they basically talk about all of it, and they begin the rewriting of Trump's presidency, and they lie about everything he did. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a Trump apologist. I'm not. And I'm not a Trump supporter anymore. I'm not. Because they used him, and he allowed them to use him. But the reality is he did try to do some things that were right. That's a fact. But the election theft was necessary, remember, to save the U.S. from, quote, Trump fascism, according to the time. What? This is more lies. The establishment formed an alliance with the left to steal the election to save the country. Time reports this. Remember, I'm repeating it again. There was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes. There's a quote. One that both curtailed the protest and coordinated the resistance from CEOs. Both surprises were the result of an informal alliance between left-wing activists and business titans. The pact was a formalized, in a terse, little-noticed joint statement of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and the AFL-CIO published on Election Day. Both sides would come to see it as a sort of implicit bargain inspired by the summer's massive, sometimes destructive, racial justice protest in which the forces of labor came together with the forces of capital to keep the peace and oppose Trump's assault on democracy. What? Yeah, that's how they're twisting what happened last summer. There was a color revolution in the U.S. after all, and its architects now boast of how they fortified the 2020 election. This is unbelievable. The white world Western civilization is everywhere collapsing. Um, Germany's collapsing. France is collapsing. England's collapsing. Everybody's collapsing. The Dean Phillips of Minnesota, a white Democratic U.S. representative, broke down in tears in the U.S. House of Representatives last week and apologized to his fellow white colleagues for his failure to disavow his white privilege. What? This goes right back to what Austin said. It's the trust fund baby mentality. This is an emotionally and mentally weak group of people doing this, and they're taking control of the United States through communism, through socialism, through a democracy, through the Rothschild banking cartel funding it all. This is how we have lost our country. It was little by little. It's exactly what also said. It's the trust fund baby mentality. Years ago, I noticed there was a big landholder in central Florida, owned thousands and thousands of acres of property. And he was very high up. Everybody knew who he was. A lot of the areas in our county are named after him. And his first generation of offspring, they basically kind of kept the money together because he was still alive. Second generation of offspring, third group of people here that were involved with the money, him and two more. They lost it all because they didn't realize the work it took to get what he had. They were trust fund babies. And they kept selling stuff that he had in order to maintain their country club, maintain their country club lifestyle. And I'm not being facetious. I know these people personally. Their country club membership was $60,000 a year. Then he's selling assets and selling property to drive the Mercedes and have the country club membership and to have this illusion of being wealthy because their grandfather was wealthy. Our grandfathers fought the Nazis. In World War II, our great-grandfathers, in some case, fought the Nazis. The vast majority of the people, and Austin was 100% right, who fought the Nazis and fought World War II, they're gone now. They've passed on. They're dead and gone. And they know that. 
And so they no longer see us as a direct assault because of the drugs, because of the 60 million people taking opiates out of Afghanistan that are addicted to prescription and non-prescription drugs of the United States, the massive amount of people that are on Prozac and tricyclic antidepressants, the massive amounts of people in this country that have been so empowered and so enabled their entire life, now they're depressed because they don't know what to do because they have to stay at home. And they're walking around fighting with their family all the time, just to start fights. The vast majority of the people in this country basically that don't know what to do because they put their eyes on Trump and took their eyes off of Jesus. Guys, I'm telling you, there's only one fix for this. We've got to put our hearts on our minds back on Jesus Christ. I prayed for you guys while Austin was talking. I prayed that God would bless you and he would keep you. That he allows face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and grant you grace, mercy, peace, longevity, peace, and a good life. And guys, all of us have to work together right now. They're trying to bring the close of the United States of America. They've done everything they can for the past hundred years, and they're trying to bring it to fruition now to shut the country down, shut the whole world down, and bring us underneath their Noahide laws. Don't let them do that. Keep your hearts and your minds on Jesus all the days of your life. Austin, what are you thinking? What's your final story, bud? Oh, that's, that's very well said. And, I mean, and, you know, I have noticed that, too, as far as the amount of people now you've constantly seen, you know, friends, family, coworkers. There's so many people divided now. You know, if we didn't have enough divisiveness with what was going on, the media made sure they've divided everybody now with COVID. Because you pretty much now, if you've noticed, you have pretty much now have, two subsects of people in the entire country, regardless of what you're affiliated with back and forth. You pretty much have the people that are downright terrified of COVID and scared of their own shadow to even go outside the house for the most part, you know, in that subcategory. And you have pretty much everybody that is over it now. And the problem with it is the group that's still terrified of COVID is much, much larger than the group that's actually awake. It is what it is, and this is almost all because of the mainstream media. I don't have television. I told you guys that. I didn't. I couldn't even watch the Super Bowl yesterday. Not that I cared. I watched the halftime Illuminati thing because I wanted to see how dark that was going to be, and boy, that was beyond dark. I watched that on YouTube on a private channel because I wasn't going to give any hits to basically the NFL. And uh, but just to see what they're promoting now is very, very clear. There's a reason why the previous head of the CIA and the domestic or the insurgency individual that's involved in the CIA, they're all talking with Brennan and everybody else are talking about how we have to start treating domestic terrorists like we did in Afghanistan the same way in the United States now. There's a reason why the term domestic terrorist has been brought up so many times. They know what's going to happen when they start trying to force some of these unbelievably unconstitutional laws. There's a reason why they have a giant fence around the Capitol building. There's Now you have Failed presidential candidate, Senator Marco Bubble Boy Rubio, embarrassment to the Republican Party. He has now reintroduced legislation that will completely remove the Second Amendment rights from anybody who is simply under investigation for domestic terrorism now. Even if you're not charged or convicted of committing an actual crime, I kid you not. This is taking the red flag gun laws and bumping it up on steroids. Now you don't have to have a complaint from a family, friend, or loved one. Now you just simply have to be under investigation for domestic terrorism. 
Well, the problem is, if you guys have already followed us for the last couple of weeks, you'll understand real quick the term domestic terrorist is so loose that about half the country falls under that category now, including the Rubio's website, the bill, when an individual who was suspected of federal terrorism investigation within the last 10 years tries to obtain a firearm, the U.S. Attorney General delays the purchase or transfers for up to 10 business days to file an emergency petition in court to prevent the transfer. If the court finds probable cause the individual has ever been engaged in terrorism, the Attorney General may also then arrest the individual. Now, again, everybody goes, oh, terrorist, terrorist, terrorist. Oh, if you're a terrorist, you don't need to have a gun anyways. Yeah, but who gets to dictate who's the terrorist? Ah, there's a million-dollar question, and hence the problem that we're now seeing. When the very people can claim you're a terrorist for simply questioning what they say or simply not following orders of what they demand you to do illegally, you start realizing real quick why that's such a problem. So again, my friends, continue to get the information out there. Continue to stand up for truth and righteousness. Continue to stay prepped. Be sure if you need anything, healthmasters.com. We got more of the organic food buckets back in stock. A lot of people have been really getting prepped for a lot of different stuff that's happening right now. So be sure to check it out. Be sure to vote for product of the week, the magnesium bomb on sale right now for 12% off. Check it out on the website, healthmasters.com. Thank you. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.